Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Top Gear Australia set to return. Gogglebox brings in the celebrities again and Daryl Summers dances off into the sunset. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, lovers. Welcome to the house that is TV Black Box, the house of love. That's what this house is. Joining me on this episode of the podcast, by the way, I'm Rob McKnight, your your besotted host, besotted with this panel, especially when I'm talking to radio, television, and the bold and the beautiful (laughs) David Robbo Robertson. Hello, Robbo. Oh, hello there, Rob. Look, you know, no one should have ever given me the password to rewrite the Hang on, that was a credit. Yeah, that's it. We need to applaud every credit. uh, I I can't help myself. So uh, who knows what next week I'll do, but uh, great to be with you. Uh, And if you need me to, I can marry you. Shall we talk about the fact I didn't read the script and you made me do it again because I hadn't read the script? I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, great to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, on the screen next to Robbo is television producer. She works on Today a Weekend. Today Weekend. Weekend Today. That's what it's called. It's a brand new show. (laughs) Drinks. And, you know, I haven't had, and just for the record, I have not had one drink today. Sure. Uh, I feel like that needs to be Hasn't had one. I still Has make had those many. mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Abby Mickey Mickelson. Oh. Hello, Abby. <laughs> Mickey. Don't Why have we never called her this? Yeah, Oh, wow. my God. Um, Mickey Mick. <laughs> it just what came to me in a moment of soberness. Yes. What a pity Hello, you don't bro. understand. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. Um, first, I would like to apologise for my voice. I have a very deep and annoying voice at the best of times, but I have a terrible yeah. I was about to say, yeah, what's yeah. different yeah, tonight? What's, what, what? Well, it's worse than usual. Apologised years on. ago. Oh. <laughs> no, I have a terrible cold at the moment. Um, but, yes, more importantly, I would also like to acknowledge that I am recording on Daramorogal land tonight, and I would like to pay my respects to the elders of this land, uh, past and present. And bringing us home is Mok, Moki, Mokiness. It's Mok. Hello, Steve Mok. <laughs> wow. What's his last name? Um, it is. It has taken us eight minutes to get through this intro. That's what's incredible. Hello, everyone. It'll be edited down to 30 seconds. <laughs> My name is Mulk, and I'm here on the TV Black Box podcast. Uh, I'm recording tonight on the land of the Dark and Jung mob, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. And I am intrigued at just how much love is about to spill over into this first topic. <laughs> well, look, Let before I get into the first intro, everybody, can I please respectfully say we are not here to discuss the issue per se, but more the coverage, okay? 
So let me just say that because it was a big weekend of free-to-air TV with each of the networks covering the Voice to Parliament referendum results as well as Sky News. In the ratings, it was the ABC that topped the list, followed by Channel 7. Over on SBS, there was a fiery exchange with no campaigner and former SBS board member Warren Mundine. In fact, he accused the broadcaster of being biased and taking sides in the worst interview he's ever had. Robbo, did you see any of the coverage? What did you think of it? I did. I did see a lot of the coverage. So I'll start with 10 because that's the first one I saw. Um, I thought it was very subdued. It was very respectful. And I, I think it really represented um, what a lot of people were feeling. So I know that the the majority of people voted no, and look, we respect that. But um, they, they just had a very simple kind of broadcast. They did a couple of crosses. Uh, to different people, uh, mm-hmm. to different reporters. They had their network political editor, and then they had uh, an Indigenous pastor there. Hugh Remington, bloody hell, what a steady hand. Just a steady hand. Oh, and, he's and a star, mate. Isn't he? he? Like, seriously. And, and and Spectacular. And you and I have... I remember there's been plenty of times where we would get him on the newsroom floor and we'd talk to him and we'd just say, Hugh, what does this mean? And he would just deliver it to us. And we talked about, I think, the <laughs> uh, the uh, the American election and just he just does it in a beautiful way. And he did that again on, on Saturday night. I was very proud um, from a broadcast television point of view that 10, that 10 still cut into programming, which was great. What I didn't like, though, was Seven's continuous... Like, I, I, if, if people remember um, when you could do... Uh, when you had Windows, Microsoft Windows, and you could do uh, your own kind of screensaver, you could write little words across the screen. Having no wins, just continually scroll in massive writing across the, the bottom of the screen, the ticker was absolutely ridiculous. We knew early on in the evening that the, that the, the referendum had not succeeded. Why Seven continued to have this scrolling two words, no wins, no wins. Sorry, was that was across programming, ridiculous. Robert? It was across their coverage. Oh, I saw it in the screen, but I thought that was fair enough. But do you mean when they went to the movie? Or no, no, when they went to the movie, they, they, which I liked, actually, and this was quite good, I thought that was very, very, very um Yes, because I saw really that watermark good. and I quite liked it. But I don't Loved know what was it. wrong with no... I mean, I had a lot of problems with Seven's graphics because I didn't understand them, but... Um, the, the no wins, I didn't think, was a problem. But to, to, to scroll it across was rubbing it in. It was done. We understand there are no wins. We can see um, from the watermark. And that and that played across the, the movie when they came in and out of that, which, which was great. That was fantastic. It's almost like a sporting coverage or lotto. Wonderful. Um, but to have no wins just continue and no one anywhere in that building go, okay, guys, it's, it's done. We can probably lose that strap and just continue with the coverage. I thought their coverage was quite clean as well. My, my problem with the ABC's coverage was there was too many people and too many talking heads. I thought 10 was the cleanest and simplest and 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 to the mm. point. I thought 7's was also fantastic. Michael Usher. I mean, I love Hugh Remington, but Michael Usher, jeepers creepers. He is my favourite newsreader. His voice, the way he is able to command the audience but also just keep it moving and keep it fresh. Lovely. Um, I'll tell you something he can do, Robbo. He can read an auto cue first time. And if it's if it's correctly, like yep. Alice is gibberish, he can read it first time and nail it. Yep. And it's such a skill not having to pre-read something. And you, and you can tell that. And the, and the way that he seamlessly is able to look at the camera, connect with us, 
Also, we know, uh, it, with being TV people, he is also reading the audio cue, also reading his printed scripts, and then also reacting to things that are happening. Yep. That is full marks. And, 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 and you know, really, really yep. well done. Uh, that, that, there, there are my thoughts. Malk, I quite liked the ABCs. Mm-hmm. I thought that David Spears got sidelined a bit yep. um, because they were trying to do the politically correct thing. Um, I mentioned Seven. I didn't, that, and, and look, uh, I work for Seven at the moment, what? but one thing I didn't get was the the graphics <laughs> just had yes everywhere. You needed to have yes and no to give some sense because it was actually, to a simpleton like me, it looked like yes was winning all the time, but then when I looked, oh, no, it's only 44.3%. Yes, Robert, you, you're waving your hands Wait, like a so bench. He's so having I'm a stroke. So sorry. No, no, I'm so sorry. I agree with you, Rob. Looking at the screen next to Mark Riley, Mark Riley also a, a, a consummate professional. I kept seeing yes, and I'm like, so mm. we've won. Those states have said yes, and yeah. I had I was, was sitting confusing. with someone who is not in TV and had to say, "What are you talking about? That graphic says that that's what." Oh yeah, I I didn't like that. Also, ACT and NT, they're part of the country, for goodness sake. And ACT was the only one that said yes. Let's see them on the graphic. But for <laughs> God's sake, it said, yeah, I thought, we bloody won this. I mean, not that I have an opinion, uh, but we bloody won this because there's yes across the board. <laughs> but there wasn't, it wasn't right. I thought that was confusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, just to, to clarify a little bit in the process, Robbo, the reason why ACT Northern Territory probably weren't included is because they didn't, they, they didn't count in the state they were results. included in the graphics. They were just very small. Yeah, That's yeah, all. ACT's nice. a small place compared sure. to New South Wales and the rest of Australia. Yes. Um, I, look, I flicked across all of the, the networks across the night. I thought that the script that Nine opened with was diabolical. Um, just a horrendous piece of writing, whoever delivered that. And and Brooke Boney, as a, a an Indigenous woman... Uh, was excellent as a co-host of Peter Overton on on Nine, and and had to had to deal with some pretty shitty situation herself live on air and ask some pretty horrible and awkward questions. Did a fine job. I agree with you around Michael Usher. Did a great job. Agree with Hugh Remington over on Ten. I was um, really impressed by both SBS and the ABC's coverage, uh, and I, I think for all of them, I think it was fair that they only planned an hour or an hour and a half of coverage because it was a pretty clear indication we were going to know either way where it was headed pretty quickly because it was like a, a count of something. It was not going to come it down to the line. It got there and they stretch. pulled out. Fair enough. I mean, but like it was it, when it's only one option, you vote this or you vote that, we don't need to go mm. to this seat and work out the preferences and talk to this person. Correct. It's like, no, no, this is the yep. thing. We've talked to the people from the various camps. Mark, I'd actually predicted yep. that it was going to be over by 8.30. I, I said to everyone, this will be over by 8.30 oh, and no vote will that. have won. I didn't expect it to be over by yeah, 7.30 Sydney time. And, and same. And I would have thought that the, the postal votes would have played a much bigger part in it and may still do, but not enough to change it, right? It, it'll be interesting to see where that... part in it, mate. It's done. Sure. But, but the postal and pre-polls are still significant as far as lots more people are going to the polls ahead of the day than just turning up mm. and doing that. From a coverage point of view... And they can't win. So no, no, no. no are, that's what I'm saying. Irrelevant. I acknowledge that. Yeah. It was just a... Whether they can, make can a huge Mocky, comeback or not, they're not going to win. Mocky, can I ask you, though, were you surprised, and I think that I was surprised initially as well, uh, that the double majority took into account... It, it took a lot of the drama out of what we are used to uh, with uh, with election night or voting night. Were you surprised by that? 
Um, no, I, I actually think it, it had the capacity to add a lot more drama had the vote been closer, which yeah, gotcha. it was never yep. going to be. But you know, I think that there's... Open, I, there are a couple of things that stood out for me. Uh, I thought the SBS's coverage... Controversy aside, it was actually really yeah. good. And make of that politically what you will. I thought it was fine. I was a little bit surprised to learn that not all of the coverage... I mean, it's 2023, nearly 24. Not all of this coverage was live around the country. Why would you even do that? I'm not in Adelaide. I live in New South Wales. However, I heard from some friends in Adelaide who were flicking around and watching on Saturday night. We learnt that Seven's coverage wasn't live into South Australia, but rather was on delay, yet it was live into Queensland. And in 23-24, you can't, you can't do that anymore. I think on big nights like this, it has to be live. Agree. Yeah. All right, moving on. And more than a decade after it was cancelled, Top Gear Australia is heading back to our screens in 2024, as I exclusively revealed on TV Black Box. Now, my sources have told me that it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. But a comment within that story suggests that it will be Amazon Prime Video. Either way, the show is definitely coming back. That is the exclusive part. Uh, everything I've been told, Abby, is Paramount Plus. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy. This commenter seemed pretty sure in the TV Black Box article. I know you're a rev head, Abby. Uh, you'll be looking forward to this one, won't you? Wow. I love it. I can't wait. I just can't wait. No, I mean, ugh, it's not for me, but... I still hope it does well, obviously. I was actually thinking about this today. I think the networks are all in a really difficult position Mm. now where I know for me personally, when I hear there's a reboot, my first thought is enough of the reboots make something new. But then whenever they've tried something new, for the most part, it has completely Mm. tanked. And so I don't. I don't really know what the answer is to that, but I I do understand why they keep trying for things like this. It's obviously easier to find an audience when you have people who have already watched it and already love it. Um, But, yeah, personally it's not for me, but, of course, hope it does well wherever it ends up. What I'd like to know, though, from everyone here is that uh, there has been a lawsuit uh, for the British version with uh, Freddie Flintoff, who is going to be getting nine... It wasn't a lawsuit. They reached an agreement to pay him $17 million, Freddie Flintoff we're talking about here, after the big crash. Um, It's been very amicable. Fine. But, yes, it was was going to be £9 million. Surely that would uh, kind of put off any kind of broadcaster, especially in a smaller market like Australia. Surely that would make them go, hang on a tick. Uh, look, we, uh, we, look we, we love the format. There's been like, lots of great content over the years, great brand. But when you can get one of your presenters who it's was risky. on contract, who was being paid, and then was in a crash that you have also engineered, that is going to be millions and millions and millions of dollars, I don't understand why any network would say yes it, to this. It's a show with a long history that um, has had... This, this is the exception, not the rule. Yeah, there have been crashes in Top Gear, but nothing like the facial injuries that we saw with uh, Freddie Flintoff. Oh, I don't know. And Richard Hammond copped I, a pretty serious accident that had him in hospital for months. Yeah, he huge accident. Sure, yeah. But I didn't. Yeah, no, fair enough. But Freddie Flintoff, that happened quite a while ago, and he still got the facial. It was his money maker, uh, right? Hammond was know, in a you know in yeah. a serious condition, but it didn't affect his his face, his beautiful face. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was trying to get at. But, Robbo, that has to be factored in with insurance, of course, and maybe not going as far 
with the stunts. There's ways of doing these things. Oh. But but also, but I, I've never watched Top Gear before in my life, and I, I don't intend to. But my, my point is, though, that when... So you, you do a stunt on the first year of your show, and they're pretty crazy, right? Yep. And then you get a second series, and you've got to go... Yeah, I'll, get better. I've got to go further. Yeah. Then you go third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year. So uh, what, what is going to hurt Top, Top Gear is its history, and that's what's going to hurt it. Yeah. So we're going to sure. get Top Gear Australia 2023, and we, like, I mean, bloody hell, I want to see a grizzly bear. I want to see a friggin' yeah. fox. You know, I, I want to see an alien. I want to see a laser fight. They'll import it. You know what I mean? mean no, my point bear. is that. But my point is all of that kind of thing. We want to see, I want to see the, the, the bloody Harbour Bridge be jumped over by a motorbike. Yeah. You're not going to do it. And you won't be able to do it with this Freddie Flintoff uh, case. Uh, you won't sure. be able to do it with insurance. It's not going to happen. So it, it surprises me that anyone would approach mm. this brand in a market the size of Australia uh, for an Australian audience when you can't top what you need to top. Good point well made, Robbo. I, as a fan of the Top Gear franchise, you're right in that year on year on year they've had to get bigger. And for a new season of Top Gear Australia, it's going to have to come in at like 12 or 13 out of 10 to start for any of that kind of stuff. Um, the, the, real, the real challenge, I think, for whoever it lands on, Paramount, wherever, um, is going to be the casting. That is why Top Gear Australia has never totally solidified it has a heritage out of the UK, which is where it kind of benefited. And then when those three core cast left, it never really retained the audience that it had. Australia no. never really kicked off because it doesn't, it didn't put seasoned drivers in the seats. And mm. Mm. yeah, we just don't have that heritage. So I think it'll be fine, but you need a show like Top Gear Australia to not just be fine. It needs to be petrol head heaven. And we are hurt now needs to be a because we don't make cars in Australia anymore. There's not the same Ford versus Holden love that there used to be. No. So, I mean, say la vie. Good, mm. good try, but I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, Daryl is out and the Doctor is in. From next year, TV vet Dr Chris Brown will be hosting Dancing with the Stars alongside Sonia Kruger. It's just one of the three shows in his deal with Seven. Daryl Summers confirmed the news on Facebook, paying tribute to the show he hosted alongside Sonia for 10 seasons. Presumably, Abby, Seven will be making this announcement at their upfront tomorrow as we record. It will, it, we're recording on Tuesday night. It will be Wednesday night, uh, tomorrow night, their upfront. Presumably, the that would be announced. They would have liked to hold this off. But Daryl confirmed the Herald Sun's reporting and let the cat out of the bag, saying that he's happy to pass on the Mirrorball. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really funny that he clearly didn't wait for what they no. had planned and he just wanted to jump in there early. I, I think um, it got leaked I, too, though, ugh, didn't it? I don't know how I feel about this. It was in the Herald Sun, Fiona Byrne, and yeah, he confirmed it. But he could have yeah, held yeah. off and then he really went hard on it. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think Daryl Summers is kind of stuck in a time capsule and... I don't mean that in a yeah. good way. I, I feel like I'm watching something very old when I watch him and not like in a fun, nostalgic way, more in just an annoyance kind of way. I'm, I'm not a fan. But on the other hand... Oh, the way you view Daryl is the same way you view me. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking wow. to an old man. No, yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, I... I you I, know, it's one thing for <laughs> me to say it. It's another for you to back it up. Well played. <laughs> so sorry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think the combo of Sonia and Chris Brown is really boring. I don't like Sonia Kruger. I'm impartial to Chris Brown. And I, I don't just get think the, the hate on this together panel. Is, I just think the two of them together is so bland. Um, so, I, how, sorry, yeah, how I, I find can you the say show... Sonia is bland? The stuff she's done on that show, mm. you know, like she's mm. so naughty, she says inappropriate well, things, like she's hilarious. I was just going to say, though, that I find the whole show bland okay. and so I find her right. within it. There you go. That, so, there you go. But yeah, my point is the show maybe is not for me. But Sounds I like just it. I find the, the pair of them as an idea very uninspiring and unexciting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good vehicle for Chris. And with Sonia, he'll be in safe hands. Sonia, there is no question, kept the fr- the franchise alive. And 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 uh, you're right. She played naughty against Daryl, who was very much playing the the secure host. And uh, Mr. Summers is a fine entertainer, who I'm sure many will fondly remember. Uh, the the opportunity, I think, to get Chris Brown front and centre is a risky one because he does end up becoming seven Sonia Kruger or tens Osher Ginsburg. Uh, but they need to, given the mm. money that I'm sure they have passed into his bank account. Um, they need to get the Remember value to out be of him. one million a year. They need to get the value out of him. So we will see Chris, like Sonia, on a lot of things. Um, I, look, I'm keen. Mm. I'm keen for another season of the Mirrorball. I think that... What we get in the the highly edited version that is no longer live, it is ostensibly live to tape, but it's not live like it used to be live, is it it loses some of its punch, but I get the security and editing and why they do it for all reality shows now. And that, for me, not just a Dancing with the Stars situation, all those shows lose their zing when there's no live component like there has been. Mate, in this day of budgets, it's... I know, it, it's, I it, totally you know, get it, Rob. I in understand. a week or two weeks instead of six weeks. Yeah, no, I, I get why I get why they do it. It's not a problem. I'm just saying that it loses the because only a small mm. audience can attend those live Magic. events, as opposed to the audience. Yes. And always the hook for yep. reality television has been how can we engage and how can we hook them in. And I also understand mm. the whole voting process, earning money of that is now off the table. That hasn't been solved by the telecommunications people's yet. So. No, ever since Chelsea changed the rules. Yeah, That's yeah. why and we have no cash cow anymore. And it's it's not unfair either that that needed to be addressed. I think it's a pendulum situation. We've swung too hard one way and we need to come back the other way to work out how we can make it function so that it's not super expensive but it is still live live. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right, coming up. Gogglebox brings out the celebrities, how the ABC plans to bring in the money and we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. 
Well, the special celebrity edition of Gogglebox Australia is back next week. Among the new faces will be Carrie Bickmore and Fifi Box, as well as the Real Housewives of Sydney's Chrissy Marsh and Nicole O'Neill. Those returning to the couch include the Irwin family, Julia Morris, Nazim Hussain and Ursula Carson. Uh, Mulk? Yep. I love a celebrity edition of Gogglebox. And I particularly like it, Rob, when, as it is in this case, it's being done for charity. So I think that there's a great opportunity for people to tune in and see some of their favourite celebs talking about the same shows that they're watching. And I know that they've been recording over the weekend and, and yesterday. Like, it's current television. They haven't given them sort of, you know, acres-long screeners. They're watching the yeah. same stuff that, that we've been watching. Um, and I think, look, uh, people might say, oh, but Zoe and Hamish aren't there. I mean, again, uh, probably a smart move by Hamish to not stick his hand up or not get the opportunity because he's Channel 9's Osher Ginsburg. Um, there's a, a good breadth and depth of new players as much as returning players. I think that the Celebrity Gogglebox format is good and much better when it's single episodes and not a whole season. Mm. Mm. I actually, I think not having Hamish and Zoe is actually a massive loss. I, it's, I won't be watching it. They were the kind of sole reason that I watched it last year. I think for me, I find an issue with Celebrity Anthony Gogglebox. Anthony and Tim cards for mine. Yeah, I just, I, I, like Robbo said a few weeks ago, he was talking broadly about the Australian version of Gogglebox in general, that he thinks the problem mm. is that it's very just, oh, just staged. They're mugging and for the camera now. Yeah, they're just saying their lines and it doesn't seem authentic. I find that a lot with the celebrity editions because these are people who mm. are media oh, trained and trying to get gags in, right? Exactly. And so I find it a bit difficult and it just doesn't feel genuine. And so I'm generally not a fan of the celebrity editions. I'll tune in when it's someone I really like. Like last year it was Hamish and Zoe, but without them, yep. I'm just not that interested. And I think that that's a challenge of the format, right? Part of the season long process is that you ease into it and you get less and less of the, you know, trying to get lines and mugging for the camera, and it's just mm. more natural. Um, yeah. I, I disagree. I think the Australian format have nailed it. No. The Australian format is too clever by half. They've made it all about the narrator and the interplay between the characters. I am devouring watching Gogglebox UK because it's literally them reacting to shows and not being smart-ass comments like, you'd have to be a drongo to like this, cut to, oh, I love this. You know, but it's that, which is that example is fine, right? But they try to use the comments mm. to create a, a different storyline that's got nothing to do with what we're actually seeing on, on, on these shows. And the narrator mm. has become a star. You know, like on the UK one, you literally get in Kefile, you know, and, and you see the people going. Whereas this one, she speaks more than she's, and she's great. Her, the way she delivers is fantastic. No, I'm not having a go at her, but the the, the, the producers have become mm. very lazy and they're using they're writing comedy for her and just trying to be smart-ass mm. with the clips. I, I just t- strip it back. Like, Gogglebox was better in the early days. Gogglebox Australia, Gogglebox UK for my mind. Anyway, I need to mention, Robbo hasn't just gone quiet because he's, um, <laughs> you know. Because he would have been all over that Chris Brown story, no, no. right? <laughs> he hasn't been censored. He actually did drop out. He hasn't been able to get back on. But we've got to keep recording. Usually we would um, keep going. I don't know if he's going to – he's having internet issues apparently. He sent that to me by a pigeon, by a pigeon. 
And so we'll uh, we'll see if you can get on. It was a smeared piece of paper written in his own feces. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Wow. Okay. Uh, on to this one. The Hollywood Reporter has released a list of the 35 most powerful women in international television. But get this, no Australians made the cut. Those names include Carolyn McCall, the CEO of ITV in the UK, Veronica Fernandez, Netflix's Spain director of fiction series, and Aparma Parauhit, head of India Originals at Amazon. Abby, I am genuinely a bit surprised that Australians didn't have, uh, weren't recognised in this category. Um, I'm not overly surprised. I do think it's a shame, but it didn't shock me. I think when you look at the research that Media Diversity Australia and Screen Australia put out each year, um, women are really underrepresented in those leadership roles in Australian television Mm -hmm. and across industries in general. I think it was July 2020 was when I saw today, so this may have changed, but every national news director was a white man. And that same study found that in other senior news management roles, only 28% were women, and that was massively inflated by the ABC and SBS, who were both close to 50%, and, like, at seven, it was zero. So Hang on, Channel I 10, am not the person sub- in charge is, is female. Netflix Australia sure. has... Uh, but before we get there, let, but it, it's let's a let Labby finish, and then I've got a question. It's a numbers game, right? So, yes, there are certain people, and, yes, I think those people should be recognised, but when you have so few women in leadership roles, as we do in Australia, it's why we're ranked so low when it comes to gender equality worldwide. It is one of the reasons why we are so low on that list. It's it's not surprising because statistically, we're less likely to make a list like that when there aren't as many people in those roles. And Robbo, what do you think of that topic? Well, look, I, I, I think you're exactly <laughs> right. I think that women uh, in media, we've got a, a lot of great women. Um, <laughs> well done. Uh, we we well did played. explain to the dear listeners that you have been missing in action. So I, could have I picked just up that. saw you come up and I thought I'd throw you under the bus. But you couldn't do it, could you? <laughs> this guy's a professional. I mean, he's better than women, but, he, you know, I mean, uh, joking, joking. A professional joking. bullshit yeah, artist. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, that's all you need. <laughs> I think the challenge for any Australians being added to the list, Rob, is that when you look through the list, they are all women in roles that have international vision and engagement. They're all engaged in some big, like they run their bits or they they own their parts of the things that they do. But their engagement is that they are known because the, the companies they run or the stuff that they do engages in places across the globe. And apart from maybe uh, someone like Bruna Papandrea or uh, who's a producer that's got a whole bunch of stuff running on, on particularly Prime Video, but also on Netflix and those sorts of places. And, and I'll give maybe Beverly McGarvey as a, someone who is in charge of 10 Paramount Australia, uh, sorry, Australia, New Zealand, um, that, that they're, they're probably good examples of who could be on the list. The challenge for both of them, and Bruna is probably closer than Bev is, is that they don't have the global reputational footprint that all of these women do. Yeah, fair enough. All right, the ABC to follow the lead of the BBC and develop its commercial arm as a way of generating bigger revenues. The SMH reports former Netflix executive Chris Oliver-Taylor joined the ABC in March this year as its new content boss. He's told the paper the ABC should earn more money through bigger, bolder and more expensive bets on films and TV. 2021 to 22, the ABC spent 177 million 
of its own budget and secured $144 million in other funding for Australian content. But get this, it only generated $21 million from selling that content and $41 million from all its sales areas. Um, Robbo, there's work to be done here. I think this guy is right. I have no problem with the ABC getting public funds, but it also should be able to, when it creates content, it should be able to sell that content more effectively. The ABC gave up a stake in Bluey. The ABC developed Bluey, gave up any rights that it had, and now look at the money that thing's making, and ABC sees nothing of it. Look, I think in Australia, the ABC is damned if they do, damned if they don't. That's the problem. Uh, so obviously the BBC in in uh, the UK uh, is more established. Um, but however, and they also have Murdoch papers, and I'm going to go for that. Uh, the biggest um, criticism from anywhere is from the, uh, the Murdoch press. If the ABC spent more money on develop, developing a sales arm or a commercial arm, then you can bet your bottom bloody dollar uh, the Australian newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, the Herald Sun, all of them would have a massive hissy fit about the fact that, well, hold on, the ABC gets billions of dollars in funding and now they're wanting more money from commercial interest. The ABC always gets people fired up, but let's move on to something less controversial. It's time for the TV binge box. Oh, yeah, less controversial. Gosh. I know, it's always controversial. Abby Mickelson, what have you been watching this week? Um, I actually have not watched a lot this week. Uh, really, I'm Good still... Good chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Straight in again. <laughs> oh, it's my um, favourite gag. Oh, Go on. No, no I'm, still, I'm still just going with Lost. I'm about halfway through season three, um, watching that on Disney Plus, and that's, yeah, that's all I've been watching. Cool. Well, I have watched the Frasier reboot. Uh, Mm. What, what what happened? Cool. <laughs> no, that cool. was a good thing. That was it a good thing. Matter. That was funny. It was, just it was, funny. was fine. It was, it was fine. Funny. Hey, cool story, bro. Anyway, I've been watching Fraser. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny, Rob. It was funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know anymore. I've lost sight. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I have been. Wa- <laughs> you made it heaps better. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Jesus. I can see this. <laughs> Tickety bird. So good. Oh, wow. Cool, 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 cool. Oh. What a night, friends. Cool, cool. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. cool. Um, I have been watching... <laughs> I've been watching the Frasier reboot on Paramount+. Mm-hmm. Plus Now... <sighs> Rob, did you watch the original? It's not old Frasier. Yes. Yeah, right. I never watched it. And I, I liked the original... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and 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 I thought this was okay. Um, mm. It's a bit laboured. There's some nice moments. They, you can tell. I mean, they've basically tried to replace the original characters. They've got Niles and Daphne's son playing the Niles role. They've got mm. um, Frasier's son playing the dad's role. And yep, it's it's a little bit too heartwarming, lovely. It's it's sort of like. Frasier without the bite. It's your classic three-camera American studio sitcom, right? They've, they've... Hey, I love a three-camera American sitcom, no, no, so I've got no problem with It's fine. The, the two big issues for mine are that they've lent too hard into something that is ostensibly a, a dinosaur in American sitcom format now. Whoa. And the second part is the laugh track is so fucking heavy-handed, it's not funny. Where is David Hyde Pierce? Why is he not back? 
didn't want to be a part of it. I don't have a problem with the sitcom format. I still love my Big Bang Theory, but, you know. Yeah, we know. This, we uh, know. But having said that, I'm going to keep watching this. I'm actually going to keep watching. But the other Good thing I've started watching is Louis cool. DeRoe Saville on Netflix, I believe it is. And mm. this is a, a documentary Louis DeRoe has done looking at uh, Jimmy Savile, the pedophile in the UK. What the What's hell? interesting about this is because, um, you know, many years ago, Louis did a documentary with Jimmy Savile uh, when Louis met Jimmy. And he revisits that and talks to people based on the fact that he did not see what this guy, the monster that this guy was, right? And so he's he's thinking, how did I miss this? Now, one thing he does say is that he, he felt like there was something about him, but he became good friends with him. He actually had him over to his place all the time and he's got mm-hmm. video of it. And so it's him trying to reconcile how he had become friends with this monster. It's really that's fascinating, a, that, yeah, really worth a watch. That's a, that's a great premise as well. Uh, and I, there was another, there was a um, Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix that was brilliant where people just kind of came and mm. was like, what the hell happened? And obviously we, we heard about the BBC there. Can mm. I say really quickly, there's an edit point for you. Oh, I thought you meant Louis C.K. And I thought, how I could knew you like a Louis C.K. I really did. So, like, you're going, Louis C.K.'s done a documentary on Jimmy Savile. That's fucking not nice. But you didn't mean that. You meant so. Uh, so, like, I was having a fucking meltdown, and then I realised halfway through. I know, I wasn't why you were so shocked. I just thought that's I, not... Yeah, I saw your shock, and I thought something's gone wrong Sorry, here. Bro. Like, I saw your shock, too, and I'm like, I just got to keep going because <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. And probably best you uh, did, but it, you didn't mean... Oh, okay. <clears throat> Okay, Robbo, what have you been watching? So, um, again, like I said last week, dehydrated every time a frame of Chicago Med plays, I cry my eyes out. Whether it's a happy story or a, 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 a dying story, I can't help that show. And I'm so addicted to it. I watch it during the night. It's lovely. I also watched uh, Once Upon a Dream. Is that the, the new short from Disney to celebrate their Disney 100? Once Upon a Time. Yes. Once yeah, Upon yeah. a Time, I think it is. Um really great brings it brings together all of the characters you know and love uh some have uh speaking roles some who don't um i it was it was nice and you have and robin s- williams is in it they used outtakes yes. from his recording of genie but very quickly it, it, it's one line it, and yeah. almost i thought oh that's not that's not the original. That is someone else doing the voice because you, you know, as, mm. as, as people age or die or whatever, um, Disney always have to have these people in the background. Um, I thought it was nice. You'll have a smile on your face when you watch it. You won't have a, <gasps> and I didn't have that. And I really wanted that. It was a nice way because you know what? It's, it's great when you have crossovers in TV shows. So when you see t- uh, characters from one show going to another show, that's really fun. This mm. was nice. It wasn't what you'd expect for 100 mm. years of Disney and for they obviously spent a lot of money on it and they got bought in lots of characters. It was meh for me. It, it it should have been better. It was very, very beige. For a company that bought us the first colour cartoon in 1928 uh, with Snow White, they have certainly run out of colours and they're now mm. going to beige. <laughs> it wow. sounded better in my okay. head as it came out. I'll but, bring us uh, home. What have you been watching? 
Cool. Uh, I've been watching heaps, as you'd expect, Rob. Uh, and, and look, I'll, I'll give you the two that I will give you a bit of a stuff on and then a, a couple of up mocks, down mocks. Um, I watched uh, all of the second season of Stan's uh, dramedy series Wolf Like Me, starring Isla Fisher and uh, Josh Gad. And... I don't have enough words in my vocabulary to tell you how much I dislike Josh Gad. Oh, he's that oh. frozen oh. Fellow, isn't he? Persevered. Oh, he's that. Frozen he's the guy fellow. that plays Olaf, yeah. the uh, um, snowman in Frozen, among other roles. I, I, and I was. What, do you just not like him in this, or just in general? Uh, yeah, no, no, I don't fun. like him as a performer, oh. and and which is why I was reticent to watch the first season. I did watch it and thought, okay, well, we got away with it. But I didn't enjoy his performance. I watched the second season and I liked his performance even less. Um, people may love it. I thought it's a fine idea. Abe Forsyth um, came up with it and, and wrote and directed the entire oh, two Abe seasons. Forsyth, yeah. And it's done a fine job. Um, and, and Isla Fisher is hilarious and excellent and it's a great, it's a great hook. Um, I just... I was just permanently distracted by Gad and his very phoned in performance. <laughs> Hold on, Moggy, it was just not great. Can I do a, a little bit of a TV black box psychic kind of show here? This is a spin off. Uh, it feels like this mm. might be a down mulk. No, he uh, it's, do that. It's, He's got that coming up. It's, oh, it's, it's in the watch it if you really want to watch it. If only we could fucking let showbiz fucking happen. If only we could make showbiz work, Robbo. If only we could make it work. I'll give you another one. See, Robbo, that's my version of showbiz fucking over your jokes. <laughs> that's fun for me. It must be hard, though, because... Do you he, understand? There's not a lot of jokes you could fuck over. Um, also, I had Isla Fisher mm-hmm. on No, my... there's not a lot of jokes. Yeah, that was an insult on yourself, <laughs> <laughs> You made it sound like you don't have many jokes, yeah. Robbo. Oh, you've really shit. you screwed yourself over and you there. Know what? I still, well done, I, son. I still can't get over it. I'm doing like visual gags here, and then as I'm doing them, I'm like, oh, this is a fucking podcast. I'm doing visual gags. There's no audience. Oh, well, anyway, well, yeah. Sorry, Would you like mate, me to continue? Saying, yeah, for God's sake. Cool. Uh, the the second show that I'd like to talk about um, is uh, Upload Season Three, which is on Prime Video, uh, kicking off this week. And the basic premise of the show, for those who haven't seen it, when you die, your consciousness can get uploaded into the cloud where you can live either a very um, luxurious life if you had enough money or if your family want to pay for you to do that. And they can phone you. They can engage and interact with you in your, in this virtual afterlife. Or you go into poverty and you get like two gigs a day and you freeze for the rest of the day until it resets. That's the basic idea. It's made by Greg Daniels, who is responsible for the US office. Um, it, it's got good, good bones, and I've really liked where this third season has gone. Season two is a little bit off the rails at points. I think mm. they've realigned it for season three and have brought it home strong. I, I would commend the, that it would to have you. to be the final season, wouldn't it? Surely. I, I believe it is. Um, I, I can't recall right to this second if the third is the final, but I believe it is the final season. Um, it's happening weekly, two episodes a week on Prime Video. Uh, check it out now. The first two seasons are available in full on Prime Video. A couple of quick up mocks and a down mock. Um, I keep wanting to um, up mock Gen V, which is the uh, new boys spin-off, also on Prime Video. Um, up mock. Um, I'm going to down mock the second season of Our Flag Means Death, the Taika Waititi Reese Darby um, comedy pirate series on Binge. Down mock. Um, 
A, b- a big up, Mog, to welcome to Wrexham on Disney+. Plus. Loving that it's back. Loving that it's as great and hilarious as it is. A surprising up, Mog, to Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. Uh, and because I'm about to rush off and record the podcast, huge up, Mog, to Real Housewives of Sydney Season 2. They are horrible and I love everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Oh. I won't be here next week. I am taking a week off. I'm getting surgery next week. Oh, no, I'm getting surgery on my throat. I'm getting. Oh, does that uh, mean that you won't? Nodule. Oh, uh, that's you're getting that part that removes where you interrupt everyone. Oh, thank God. Oh, well done, buddy. Well done, Jesus. big boys. That's fantastic. And and, and well that's done. Why you had to get it all believe, in tonight, Robbo. Me. Had to get that all of it in That will be alive tonight. and well, Robbo. That will be alive and well. But maybe I'll sound deeper. <laughs> maybe I'll have a voice like this. Oh. Oh, maybe I'll have a voice like this. Oh we'll God, please could you be the next Peter Harvey? <laughs> Robert Knight. Um, Anyway, the surgery's next week. Thank you for your love and support. I'm Rob McKnight. Don't forget, for all the latest TV news and all the exclusives, go to tvblackbox.com.au. This is where people in the industry get their news. With Mop, Robbo and Abby, God knows what's going to happen next week. Good luck to all and all those who sail in her. I won't see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.